bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. One of the things that I hear from people is it can be really hard to stick with an exercise plan, an eating plan, any plan to help you be healthier. So there are some common traits, though, that help people stick to a plan. And these are people who are successful with it. And here to talk about this is the wonderful Ted Spiker. Ted is a chair department chair of the Department of Journalism at UF. He teaches advanced magazine writing and sports medicine and society. He was an editor at Men's Health. He writes a wonderful blog, the Big Guy blog for runnersworld.com and much more. He was also uh, named by greatest.com as one of the 100 most influential people in health and fitness. Hello, Ted. Welcome back. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Hey, Ted. Great to have you back. All right. So let's talk about these common traits because that's where people, you know, they start good and they have good intentions. Or I should say they start well and they really want to do this, but then life happens, right? So so what have you found in your all your experience? My goodness, as one of the 100 most influential people in health and fitness. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, this is such a tricky area, I think, because, you know, personalities are so different, life experiences oh, are yeah. so different, life situations are so different, right? So it's so hard to say, you know, this program is going to work for everyone or this thing is going to work for um, everyone. And I think the other big challenge is that I think the way we're programmed, you know, as people is to satisfy our short-term pleasures, right? To satisfy them in the immediate. Like, we're hungry, we need to satisfy that. Um, We're tired, we need to sit. So the default is to actually do unhealthier things, right? And the harder thing is to make a decision to do something that may feel good long term. And that becomes like the real, real challenges. How do you override that kind of reptilian response to grab the sugar or to sit on the couch rather than go do your kettlebell workout or whatever it is, you know? So, so those are the big humps that we're kind of fighting against, um, you know, when it comes to kind of figuring out what works and, and what doesn't work. And I, and I should totally say before we even talk about any of this is like, I'm a classic yo-yoer. I'm an every, mm-hmm. every man type person. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, certified in anything, but I've written a lot about health and fitness and interviewed a lot of people and worked with a lot of specialists in terms of this area. And, um, I would say to get back to your original question, what works is, you know, so much of this is not about the particular program, but about how you are going to be wired to handle whatever program you decide that is might work for you. And I and I think, like, if you look at like psychological theory and look at um, motivation and what motivates people to keep doing, the the researchers really find that there are three common traits of what keeps somebody motivated and to have sustained motivation. And that's those three are autonomy, competence, and relatedness. So autonomy, you know, nobody's telling me what to do, right? So nobody is, you know, saying you've got to do this program and you're going to stick to it or else this happens. Competence is you are able to have a little bit of success, right? You can see progress being made. But to me, the most important one of those three is relatedness, which is do I have a system of network that identifies, you know, you know, common traits, or do I have people who can understand me? Do I have people who are going through this with me together so that we can kind of be stronger as a group than as one person on their own, which is an interesting dynamic, right? Autonomy is by yourself, but relatedness was with others. And the researchers have over the years found those are the three things that are really 
what drive internal motivation and what is able to sustain you. So you can take those theories and apply them to anything, right? I mean, you know, whether it's a diet plan or an exercise or plan, whatever, if you have those three qualities, then then I think that's at least the building block for what's sustained. And I think there are a lot of little things and, and nuances along that that, you know, we can certainly talk about. But I, I tend to think that that is the, the big driver in terms of in terms of motivation and sticking with a prescribed plan or a new change and or a, or an aha moment that you want to have sustained for a for a long time. Well, you know, recently you were on talking about your wonderful group uh, Sub Thirty, which is a lot of people who who run and who support each other, and and that's where that relatedness come in, comes in. How do you develop that autonomy? Would you say, like, if you don't feel like you have that, what 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 do you think drives people to find that? Because I think the relatedness is actually easier because there's so many groups and there's so many things yeah. and there's clubs and that right. But but ha- you have to have something within you first to get you to even join the groups. Yeah, and I think autonomy is really about control, right? So do I have control over what I am doing? So let's say you are, you know, your group of friends is, um, you know, really into tennis, right? And that's how they stay fit and they stay in shape. Sure. You know, so you you don't like it that much, but you play it because you're part of it and you're in this group and the relatedness is great. And But, but you haven't made that decision that that's what you want to do. So this is an... So autonomy is, am I doing what I want to do and nobody's telling me what to do or pressuring me into do it or, you know, uh, putting this demand on me to do it? You know, and this is nothing against trainers because I think trainers can serve a very valuable function if you find the right person. But, yeah. you know, that that's a little bit where the control is. So if you resent the fact that you're doing a certain program, you know, even though you willingly signed up for it, that takes the control away a little bit. And that's that's the the hard part. So you can have this group of runners that you love. And, you know, if everybody's doing, signed up for a marathon, but you really don't want to sign up for a marathon, but you feel pressure to, you've lost your autonomy, right? Say, no, I like running five Ks, oh, and I'm going to try to get sense. better with that. And that's the control part. I see. So you have to make sure you're doing it because you want to do it, right? And have that sense of, and maybe even saying to people, if you do join a group, like, you know what, my goals are different than yours, but I still want support. You you all could go join, exactly. you know, go run a marathon. That's great. I'm doing the 5K. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. It is about yeah. control, right? Okay. And, we're, and we see that, um, you know, I'm no psychologist, but we see a lot of people make decisions because they're not in control, right? They're not in control mm-hmm. in other aspects of their life. So they take control of, you know, you know, I'm really stressed because of every the world around me. So I'm going to eat marshmallows all day. That's my control. <laughs> and, you know, so it's about reshifting and redirecting that, that uh, decision-making, I think. You know, it's so funny when you said the marshmallows. I was, I, I'm a huge fan of Roseanne, and I, I'm happy they brought the show back. But her, there was that in last night's episode, and I know by the time this plays, it won't be last night's, but um, the uh, her granddaughter, she was arguing with her granddaughter, and her granddaughter was saying, like, you know, well, well, life sucks, and and Roseanne yells in, well, why, why do you think we put marshmallows on our yams? Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like right when you said that, right. it just right. it was perfect timing because it's true. I think it gives people that. That right. And, and I mean, it was funny. It was a joke. But the sad thing is a lot of people think that way, right? Like, well, you right. know, I had a sh- crappy day at work. So I'm eating this pint of ice cream and you can kiss my ass. I mean, right. Right. My- <laughs> yeah. right. So we need to change that, that too. I had a crappy day at work and I'm going for a run and you can't stop me. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I think it really applies to the whole eating part, right? Because we know that eating is the, you know, I don't know the exact number, but probably drives your health and body. Sure. You know, 
10 times oh, more than yes. exercise does. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, yeah. you know, so think about autonomy when it comes to, to a diet plan. Let's say you're going to decide to do a no carb diet. There's some evidence that you're going to lose weight on that. Right. So mm-hmm. if I can never have carbs in a certain amount of time, I've now lost control. Right. So sustained. Now I would say there's a, there's a group of people that are super disciplined and super strict and super, uh, good at being able and like that kind of like that kind of direction. Yeah. But I would I would I would argue that many people that is just too um too restrictive and not having any flexibility and any ability to stray kind of hits at that autonomy angle, you know? So so I think that's where it's the diets get into trouble a little bit is that, okay, here's my sixty day plan and you're gonna eat exactly this. Now some people will love that prescription, but some people are gonna yeah. get really frustrated because they aren't able to Um, deviate even just a tiny bit, you know. More from our guest in a moment, but first I want to talk about something that I love. It is called Tea Me Blends. Such a great name. It's an honest company. It provides the best quality loose leaf tea, and it actually gets you the results that you want. Now, Again, it's Tea Me Blends, T-E-A-M-I, but think of Tea Me because it is for you. It's not just a tea, it's a lifestyle. And I've been feeling really good. It tastes delicious. It's great for detoxing. And if you're looking for a way to clean your body from the inside out, you are definitely at the right place. There's a 30-day detox. It's easy, two easy steps. Everyone can do it no matter their fitness level. All you have to do is number one, drink your tea me skinny in the morning to wake up the body and start boosting your metabolism. Number two, drink the tea me colon cleanse every other night to purify and cleanse the body. It's super easy. Now it's not just for weight loss. This is for your health. It's all natural, sugar-free, boost your metabolism, suppresses appetites and craving and so much more. To get this great tea, go to teamyblends.com. That's T-E-A-M-I-B-L-E-N-D-S.com and use the promo code TALKHEALTHY at checkout and get 25% off your order of $49.99 or more. Again, that's teamyblends.com, promo code TALKHEALTHY. You know, when I want to quit sugar, I do this cleanse. It's through... Uh, Frank, Dr. Frank, Frank Lippman and Love 11 Wellness Center. It's called the Be Well Cleanse. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it's, you know, you, you drink a shake, but then you get to eat, but you're eating like, you know, yeah. lots of vegetables and, you know, things like that. And, you know, right. lean proteins and everything. And it's really, I love it. And it will keep me off the sugar because I'm excited about it. But if someone, right. if I'm just going to say to myself one day, I'm not going to eat sugar anymore, but I'm not doing a cleanse. Somehow I'm back in the, in the sugar drawer. Although the sugar drawer, I should say is like 80% dark chocolate. That's my sugar. So I shouldn't really complain. (laughs) I'm not eating cookies or cake or anything, but still there's a, sometimes I just want to like, you know, stop it all. And so I like those parameters, but again, I like it. Right. So that's that autonomy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not that the program's good or bad. It's how you as a person are going to react to that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it, again, it depends on your personality. Uh, but recently I was just, I think as I, I had the book deadline and the irony is a book is on healthy living and sex. I wasn't having any sex. I was too busy and I, <laughs> I wasn't eating right. as healthy as usual. And, uh, you know, so I ended up feeling, feeling crummy because I'm very sensitive to food and I need to eat as clean a diet as possible. Or I have what I call food hangovers and I feel like crap. And, 
So it was just sort of ironic. So now I'm back on, you know, my regular clean eating and I feel like a million bucks. Um, but yeah, it was kind of, I just thought that was kind of ironic. But we all get in situations like that sometimes where there's a deadline and there's right. something going on. But in our regular lives, it's nice. But then again, you know, that restrictiveness, I think, leads to issues. You know, I, I recently... Um, I wrote a book, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex, which you're in, which I'm thrilled is coming out in January of 2019. And and part of it, I, I go through personal stories of starting with dirty eating. And I was obsessed with junk food. I mean, I was obsessed because my mother wouldn't buy it. So it's sort of that thing when you can't have something, you want it more. And again, right. that right. Uh, that's an important. So I'm yeah, sure you I see that a, with people uh, as well, right? Too yeah, for, for sure. But, you know, an interesting twist is like, you know, the diet... Um, paradigm is to get rid of things. And I had a friend who um, lost a bunch of weight. Gosh, I think it was like 40 pounds or something. And I was like, oh, how'd you do it? And, you know, which is the first question that everybody asks. And um, he said he didn't eliminate anything. He just told himself that he had a weekly goal of, and I can't remember the exact number, so forgive me for not knowing the exact number, but like I had to have six salads a week and I had to eat fish five times a week. And I was like, this is, that is, that is brilliant, right? So what he that was doing brilliant. was restricting by adding and by having this like weekly goal that he was trying to get, you know, it gave him a goal rather than a takeaway. And at the, in the process, he was taken away without even realizing it. And he was like, oh, I had cheeseburger and beer at other meals, you know, but it just wasn't as much as it would have been in the past, you know, and he did some exercise with it too. But, but I was like, that is really, that is just a, such a smart way to approach eating one and to kind of think about how you can frame your own diet, right? Or own eating plan. It's like he knew that was going to work for him. So how can I take the principles of healthy eating with which I think a lot of us know, right? We know that we know that vegetables are good and cheese puffs are bad. Like we, that's not the problem. The problem is, <laughs> is, you know, there's some foods that are maybe murky, but we know, we know it's overeating. We know they're kind of ingredients that are not optimum for us. But the question is, how do we frame our eating so that that's like the default way to enjoy eating? Um, and and this friend had like, he got it and it was brilliant, you know? Yeah, I think that's so smart. And that's something too that I encourage is, is to add things. Because again, that can cut down on the restrict, restrictive things. And when you're adding things, you're going to end up eating less of the of the lousy stuff. But maybe if you still have it a little bit. And I'm still working on that on that happy medium for myself. And I have to do that with my daughter. Right. I mean, she's 13 and all she wants to eat is sugar. Even though she says, I want to be strong and healthy, mom, I want to take care of my body. But then she's like, why didn't you buy the cookies I asked you to buy? <laughs> Where's the right, sugar? Right, right, What's right. going on? And But then what I'll do is I make her healthy dinners with all whole foods. And it's tough at lunch. Let me tell you, packing lunches is not easy, but I will give right. her, you know, seeds with some very dark chocolate chips and pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds because, you know, you can't have nuts at school and different sort of um, seed clusters. And yes, they have honey or they have a little sugar, but it's better than a potato chip. So it's that sort of, right. of, of gradation thing, right? You know, it's not going to be perfect, yeah. but let's try to substitute more healthy things. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then she comes home and tells me that the school rewards are with candy when she does well. At some, I'm like, what? Okay, we need to have a talk with this. I love her school. Yeah. It's amazing. But come on. <laughs> and that, that still that goes is, on. That is, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the fundamental issue right now is all these bad foods are so easy to get and they're so quick and easy to eat. And it, it, like it goes back to that thing we talked about early on, which is that's the default is that it's easy to do bad stuff. 
you know, and you got to work yes. at the good stuff. And if we can change the environment, you know, when I, you know, worked on um, some projects, you know, I had a really good doctor who was like, you know, this is about environment. You know, the environment needs to be, so the default is the apple. The default is the apple, not the candy, you know. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm waiting for that paradigm shift. I tell you what, and maybe we yeah. should, I shouldn't wait for it. I, I'm actually I should say I'm working towards it. I'm, I'm trying my best to educate people and and get them to make the choices. But then there, you know, there's the emotional factors that go in as well. I think sticking to a plan becomes harder if you've eaten out of uh, grief or emotional tra- or you know any type of trauma you've had in your life. And you're you know I've heard about women who have different trauma and they're they're purposely heavier. Maybe it's subconscious to protect themselves right. from tension. Or I'm right. sure you've heard about this too, obviously. And what have you seen with people? And and that's something that they're going to have to get extra work for because I don't like when everyone says, well, if you just had willpower, you wouldn't be heavy. That makes me nuts. Not that I'm not saying people yeah. say that to me. Yeah, because heavy, but if I, people, like, a lot of <laughs> drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, right. a lot of people will say willpower is not it. It's not a factor, right? It's it's because you can't outmuscle your you can't outmuscle your instinct in a lot of in a lot of uh, in those immediate situations, right? So so the the trick is like preparation so that the responses are easy. So you know what people will say is okay, yeah, it's fine to emotionally eat, but if you don't have access to the things that are bad for you. You can emotionally meet on other things. Like, so why couldn't you have, like, if 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 your pantry is popcorn with a little cinnamon, you know, sprinkled on top of it? Like, if that's what's in your pantry, then you reach for that. But if you have ice cream and cookies in your pantry, then that's what you're going to reach for. So if you make it hard for yourself to react, you know, you you have a little better chance. But you're exactly right. You know, when uh, again, when I was working on. Uh, book, I talked to experts who said, you know, if you trace, you know, origin stories for people on you know, on weight gain, there's a lot of abuse that happened and a lot of things that, you know, um, you know, I found that that's that, you know, the weight is a shield, you know, against kind of uh, early abuse in in uh, in life. And, um, you know, that's that's not something that you just overcome with a with a, you know, with a 10 day plan. And, um, you know, there's yeah. a lot of factors in it. that's what makes it also difficult is that there there's so it's like this. It's this this web of factors. Right. You know past life, lifestyle, personality, family situation, stress at work. You know, I mean, there's so many things that play into it that it's become really uh, environment, right, you know, in terms of what's available to us. Um, You know, there's so many pieces of it that it's hard to unpack it all, you know, and say, okay, well, this is going to be what works. And But unfortunately, what works are just little steps. You know, little steps is really what, you know, seems to to work rather than this, I'm going to do this, you know, change everything in my life step is, is fine, you know, and it's a great, uh, momentum builder, but I think little steps are what kind of gets people into different habits. And that's, that's kind of the, you know, one of the keys I think is like to slowly turn the wheel and be patient with that slow turn rather than expecting that everything's going to change in, you know, four days. Exactly. And nobody well, wants to hear that, right? That's the hard of, part. That's the hard yeah. part. <laughs> I know they all yeah. want it yesterday. Give yeah, us some examples, yeah. Ted, of some small little changes. I mean, we talked about adding things, adding healthy foods. What are some others? Right. Well, you know, like uh, yeah, I, I mentioned this in a previous episode, I think is a, is a small changes. Like if you are having trouble finding time for a workout, you know, small changes when you, you know, you have your gym bag ready in the morning, right, before you get up. So you don't yeah. even have to think about, um, think about. Uh, you know, exercising later in the day because you're going to get it done in the in the first thing in the morning, and you're prepared for it. You're ready and and you're ready to go. Um, 
I think that's that's something I think that you know let's say you have a um let's say you have a uh, food habit that you know is just bad for you let's say it's uh let's say it's let's say i mean coffee is inherently good for you, but let's say you just put a ton of stuff in it right you put a ton of cream oh, yeah. you put sugar you put syrups all that stuff well you know you can go you can go cold turkey on that, but you could also just start weaning, right? So half, half and a half and half 2% milk. And, you know, you cut the sugar back a little bit, a little bit more. And you just sort of, you're just sort of like steering that wheel just a little bit at a time until something else becomes a default. Like if you're a soda drinker, right? That's a really hard one. That's a really hard one because it's addictive, full of sugar, full of calories. Um, you know, you know, you go from maybe cutting from six a day to five a day, and then the other drink is, you know, uh, seltzer water with a lot of fruit in it, a lot of citrus in it, right? So you still get a little bit of that sweet taste and still get the bubbles. And then over a week, it becomes two out of the six, and then three, and then and then so on until until you've learned to say, I don't really need that, that soda, you know, um, or as much of that yeah. soda at least. So, you know, but, you know, the, the thing is when we get inspired, right? Oh my God, I am ready to change because I don't fit in the plane seat anymore. And this is just horrible. I need to change. And we want to just do it all at once and we're not patient. And, um, and that's hard. And I've been there and I want to, when I'm in bad spots, I want it done within three weeks. You know, I want to be in new pant sizes and I want to have a new look and I want to have a new feel immediately. Um, you know, but it's kind of having the persistence to be patient which I think is what will work over the long term. And if you, you know, you ask yourself, hey, it's six months from now, if I have a new body, would you be happy? Yeah, you would be. But so you got to, you got to, if you're persistent every day, you know, and that whole cliche of one day at a time, one hour at a time, one meal at a time, you know, that's, that seems to be what, what certainly helps people, you know. Oh, definitely. You know, I'm a huge fan of xylitol. And what I'll do is I'll buy my daughter unsweetened almond milk and I'll add xylitol instead. Yeah, because that way she gets the sweetness, but it doesn't have effect on your blood sugar. You know, some people like stevia, right. some people like xylitol, some people like erythritol. There's another one I like, Swerve. That's erythritol and okay. uh, something else that's that's not bad for your blood sugar, and and it's awesome because that way she still gets the sweetness, but I can vary it too because I think yes. we're all used to things that are overly sweet, right? And that's a big problem too. So kind of making it. A, a little bit less sweet than the original, you know, almond milk with sugar, and then kind of cutting it back and back and back until then she's kind of just used to it with just a tiny, it's a tad of sweetness. So then fruit right. starts, you know, tasting sweet again. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, you know, that being, you know, the whole nudge factor, I also don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with kind of a one week reset too, you know, where, okay, I am done sure. with sugar for a week and then I'm going to integrate yeah. a little bit here and there because that, that also, if you could, because anybody can power through a week. Right. The problem is, if you say Definitely. I'm never going to have sugar again, we're like, really? You know, <laughs> so, you know, there, there's all kinds of ways to, to kind of frame your own strategy, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, you know, it's interesting because you had mentioned being a bigger guy and that you as me, it's funny, we're the opposite. I was always a skinny kid, but I was also last and bad at gym, which I mentioned. And then you were like that, you know, the larger kid. And I think when we can still, you know, look at us now in terms of, of what the type of work we're in and helping people. And it's so nice when we can look back and say, wow, you know, no matter what your situation, you can make changes, you can make healthy changes. And like I've mentioned before, I share that in my upcoming book. I was not the picture of health, let me tell you. And because I was so skinny, I could eat forever and never gain a pound. And sometimes people like that. They What do they call that? Skinny fat? Yeah. Where people yeah. look... Right. And, and that's not right, good either. Sure. No. Yeah. No, that's true. And, so just, um, 
yeah, it's just interesting how everybody's, you know, own bodies and situations kind of inform, you know, what they do and how they approach, how they approach things. And, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously we know that, you know, being overweight is a big problem for our country, but, you know, we look at the stats as one thing, but when we kind of bring it down to the individual level and say, how do you systematically change, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's a, it's a big thing to look at for the individual and, um, and finding that support and help, you know, is, is tricky. You know, it's, it's really tricky to find what resonates with you. And, um, cause I, I do think a lot of programs can work. I don't think there's one set way. I think, you know, you can eat a number of different ways and be healthy and be, um, you know, in good shape. You can do a number of different kinds of exercise and be healthy and be in good shape. It's not one particular plan. It's kind of, how do I work this into my life? You know? I totally agree. Well, Ted, I love having you on the program. Tell us all the ways we can find you on social media. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I'm at tedspiker.com. Um, it's my website. I have some information there, links off to some of the social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Prof Spiker, as in Professor Spiker. Um, and I write the big guy blog for runnersworld.com. And you should be able to kind of look all around for different things at, at those places. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. You can find out more if you go to itsyourhealthwithlisadavis.com. You can get Talk Healthy today and more. You can also follow me at Twitter at HealthMediaGal1. This is number one. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.